Hey everybody, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast once again, the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff. So I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for tuning in. I, I really do appreciate it. You have no idea how much I appreciate you being here with me today. All right, so my wife and I went to the second part of our anniversary. Yes, our little anniversary extravaganza. I've talked about it in a few other shows. Well, we finally went to the Adam Carolla show, the stand-up, last weekend. It was a pretty sweet show. The comedy club was small and intimate, so the show felt very personal, I guess, which was really, really nice. I really enjoy shows like that on a much smaller scale. It wasn't one of those huge arenas where the artist is just this tiny little speck on a stage and you have to watch the, the friggin' Jumbotron to feel like you're even at the show. I mean, you might as well watch it on your couch and put on a Netflix special, right? I mean... It wasn't like that, so that was that was pretty cool. And I've been to those shows, too. I've been to those big arenas. I think I actually saw a Dane Cook show years ago at Mandalay Bay, maybe, and he was a, a speck on the stage, and it was, I don't know. It was fun, right, but it wasn't a great experience. Not like these small, little, intimate shows, anyways. I actually just heard Gabriel Iglesias. He's, uh, I think they call him Fluffy. He's a comedian out in California. Well... You probably heard of him. He sold out Dodger Stadium. Like, seriously. 45,000 seats. Dodger Stadium sold it out. I just looked it up. That's why I know that number. But that's cool. That's super impressive. But that's not really how I want to watch comedy. I don't really want to just be in that type of atmosphere to watch comedy, I guess. I don't know. I'd rather have that intimate show like we went to last weekend. So... So yeah, it was great. We got there early and we were waiting in line to go into the the comedy room and his first show, Adam's first show had just gotten over. So Adam was overdoing the typical meet and greet like he always does, which is actually really cool. He does that with his fans. So he was doing that meet and greet, meeting the people that had just watched him in the early show. Well, Megan and I looked at each other and we're like, well, hell, if we have to wait in line, we had to wait in line to get into the comedy room. Why don't we just wait in that line over there and then we can meet him and we don't have to worry about our seats because we have a reserved table. So let's just go hop in that line and then we don't have to do that at the end of our show. So we hop over into that other line and I don't know, maybe I think I'm cool or something, but I start talking to my wife and I start making comments like, that's really cool that Adam is standing like right over there. And even though he's this big celebrity, just look at him though. He's just like any other person, just like everyone else. He's just hanging out and and meeting people, and it's no big deal, he's just another guy, you know, I'll just go up to him and talk to him, and, and whatever, and it's cool, but I'm not some crazy fanboy, you know, that's, oh, ooh, a celebrity, you know what I mean, so then we get up there, we, we're going through his line, and I actually met his producer, and that was kind of fun, we had a little minute and a half chat about podcasting, and, and stuff like that, and then we get up to meet Adam, and his manager, who was right up there, and they start asking us, oh, how'd you like the show? And then I'm all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, f*** me. I've got like stage fright or something. What what do I say? What do I do? And we ended up lying to him. And we were like, oh, yeah, the show was great, even though we hadn't seen the show yet. And I hardly said two words to Adam. I, I shook his hand. We put our arms around each other and took a quick photo. And I just said the typical, oh, hey, what's up, man? Nothing, nothing cool. Like, oh, I love the work you do. Or that's awesome that you're a blue-collar guy or you were a blue-collar guy because I'm a blue-collar guy or 
you know, or even ask for a quick podcasting tip, like all those good ideas on what to say. And I say nothing, total fail. And I mean, not that it matters. It's not like I'm going to have some impact on his life or anything like that, but I don't know. I just, uh, I panicked, I guess. And I don't know, maybe it would have been different if I had met him in a different situation and I was able to actually have a chat or a conversation instead of just being rushed through a, a line of cattle to take a photo. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll stick with that. Maybe that's the reason that I that I panicked. But I should have just told him that we hadn't seen the show yet and we snuck into the early show meet and greet line so we didn't have to do it later. I mean, he probably would have gotten a kick out of that. So... I don't know. I don't know what happened. I guess I'm a I guess I am a fanboy. Couldn't even talk to the guy. Oh well. I don't care. I like his stuff. I like his viewpoints. Not all his viewpoints, but I like most of them, but Oh well, it doesn't matter. I'm a fanboy. It's fine. All right. Let's uh let's move on. I just want to tell you guys that experience. I thought it was pretty cool. So, anyways, does life have you down? Gas prices and inflation taking a toll on your wallet? The war in Ukraine? Have you worried about what the future holds? Elon buying Twitter and the thought of Trump being let out of his magic lamp have you scared for your safety? Well, that's what I want to talk about today, and that would be stress. All those things are very stressful, correct? All those things are enveloped into that category of stress. So I know we all have probably much different types and levels than the things I just mentioned here. So I thought I would talk about some things that stress me out, how I handle it, or maybe how I don't handle it, and then maybe see what some professionals say about stress and dealing with it and how to lower it maybe. I don't think there is a way to eradicate stress from our lives. I think it's something that's always going to be there. There's always going to be something that we don't like or something that we are uncomfortable with. And actually, speaking of stress always being there, let me tell you another quick story here. Just earlier today, I was driving home after dropping my daughter off, Kennedy, dropping her off at school, and I'm driving through traffic, and I come to a four-way stop sign. No biggie, right? Well, wrong, because apparently some people don't understand four-way stop signs. And I swear some people don't know how to be just f***ing aware of their surroundings and what is happening around them. I, I don't understand the problem with that with some people. But anyways, I pull up to the stop sign, and this woman pulls up to my right at about the same time that I did. Well, seeing that she is on my right, I waved her to go through. That's that's right. You, you always let the person to the right of you go if you get there at the same time, right? That's that's the rule I always thought of. So I waver to go through. And also add into the mix here that there are two pedestrians crossing the street in front of me on the other side of this intersection. Hopefully you're understanding all this. Well, the lady to my right, let's call her Karen. I waved her to go, and then she waves at me to go. And at this point, the pedestrians are now crossing the street. So I point at them, like very deliberately. I kind of wave my hand I probably had a look on my face, too, of like an asshole, but I wave my hand and I'm like, do you see there's pedestrians crossing? I cannot drive forward unless you want me to run them over. So after I point at these pedestrians, she waves at me to go again. And I'm just like, what? Like, so you want, so you uh, clearly you don't see these pedestrians. So you just want me to just plow into them or something. I don't know. And now that I've kind of ignored her she starts to get kind of animated a little bit because I'm not, I'm now I'm not moving at this point. I'm, I'm angry. I'm stressed out. 
and I start yelling and cussing, mainly at myself because my windows are rolled up, but you can probably see that I'm yelling inside my vehicle. Finally, she goes straight through the intersection, and then people cross the street, and I drive down the road, and all is right with the world. But that moment right there, that whole exchange, that was stress for me. That was stressful. I was irritated, and I got angry, and I got stressed, and I got pissed off. So blood pressure up, all that stuff. So my point is, stress is all around us especially with our kids when they don't listen or when they're fighting with each other or when kids are just doing kid things and being kids. Sometimes it gets on our nerves and it stresses us out, right? Or work, jobs, bills, money. I mean, there's everything is stress. There's also that non-tangible stress that we can kind of relate with, stress that is not necessarily caused by something specific, maybe a bad night's sleep. Well, I guess that's kind of tangible. I mean, it's caused your stress is caused by not sleeping right but but just feeling stressed or for me sometimes it's with my kids I I stress myself out about molding them into good humans or what their lives will be like when they're older maybe or all those burning questions we kind of think about will politics or other countries actions affect their lives I mean I guess I don't spend a whole lot of time on that but that's just an example I don't know, are we going to be living like it's goddamn 12 Monkeys, the movie, underground because something crazy happened? I don't know. It's just a theory. And I also stress out about, you know, career and me going back to work at some point. I mean, that's all things on my mind. And, you know, I'm not saying it happens all the time. I stress myself out about it all the time. But every now and then you think about it. Or on a much lesser level, uh, I stress when I don't feel like I have accomplished anything, when I'm unmotivated and I'm sitting around and I'm doing nothing and I'm scrolling through that social media and wasting time. And then all of a sudden you sit up and it's three hours later and you didn't get anything done that you wanted to get done. And I have many things that I want to get done, whether it's projects around my house, which I have a few of those going right now, or if it's working on this show, or if it's doing videos, I literally always have something to record or edit or take notes on, but... When I don't do those things, or when I get when I don't get through my list, I get stressed, I get irritable, and then it tends to spill over into other aspects of my life. I mean, just ask, just ask my wife. She she knows when I'm having an off day or I'm stressed. It's kind of funny how spouses pick up on that stuff. They can tell when your mood is off, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting how they can do that. And since I don't have a traditional job. I don't have traditional work to go to, per se. I kind of treat these things like my work. I have these projects going, and that keeps my mind busy. That keeps me busy. And that's kind of like, I mean, my kids are my job, right? But that's kind of like a secondary job for me to keep me active and occupied. So it would be like not getting projects done at a job. Granted, there's no repercussions if I fail. I mean, repercussions if the working class fails, you get reprimanded or fired, right? For me, I just get to stress and complain that I didn't get something done. So yes, very different, but that's how I relate with that stuff. Anyways, what kind of sparked this was watching the news. And I wasn't watching the news about the doom and gloom and all that stuff. I was actually just watching the Today Show. Yeah, I I like the Today Show. I like the cast. I like Al Roker. Okay, so don't judge me too hard. But they had a little spot on stress and forgetfulness 
and some COVID stuff about COVID work from home and how that has affected people's minds and affected their memory and stuff like that. I'll link everything that I talk about today in the description. That's kind of where I'm pulling all this information from. That's where I did my research. So I'll just link it so you can check it out. So the article or the little video spot talked about stress that's coming at us from all directions. It's coming from our TVs, from our computers, from your newspapers, from our cell phones, which are in our pockets every day, getting alerts every day, getting alerts every minute, telling us about the crazy stuff that's going on. And they actually said that our brains are becoming overwhelmed with all this stress, and too much stress can destroy memory cells, according to this doctor anyways. I think her name was Sarah Mednick or something like that. She also went on to say that the pandemic or the lockdowns maybe, staying at home and only seeing the same few people every day and being in the same small place day in and day out for so long can have an adverse or had an adverse effect on our brains, adding to the stress. She said that we lose context and we lose novelty from being in that environment for so long. We kind of lose those things. It becomes easy to lose parts of our memory as well. Well, in that case, I guess I'm fucked because I've been in the same house for three years now. And I've been around the same amount of people for three years. Granted, I make friends, but kind of the same thing. So I don't know. Maybe being a stay-at-home parent can have an adverse effect on your memory and your stress and everything else. I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it. But no, it does make sense. We lose the meaning. We lose the, the novelty. <clears throat> we lose the the newness, the originalness, the whatever. Does that make sense, I guess? I don't know. And then you forget the norms of working in conjunction with other people. You forget their names. You forget office protocols and processes and, and different things like that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's safe to say that isolation that we all went through was not the best idea for some people. I don't know. Anyways, back to stress. I don't want to dive down the COVID rabbit hole of hell, although COVID did cause people to become stressed out and worry. And actually, that drove a lot of stress in the past, you know, what, two years. So it had an effect on people. And like I mentioned earlier, we're all stressed out about a lot of different things. I don't really want to get into all the details because everyone is different. But a poll came out by American Psychology Association showed that inflation was huge among people being stressed out. This course is uh, the doom and gloom, all that stuff that I mentioned earlier, all those big, you know, news hot button items. Those are stressing people out. So how can we limit stress or manage it a little bit? We don't need to eradicate it. It's impossible, especially when you're dealing with jobs and dealing with children. We all know that. But I think we can mitigate it so we aren't stressing out and losing our memories at the same time. Excuse me. So some ideas to help limit stress and do things better for your memory, at least from the Today Show article, was stop the doom scrolling on your phone through that social media. We all fall into this trap. I know I do all the time. I do before bed. I do, I don't know, whenever. Some people say they do it when they relax, but I don't really think that's a great way to relax. A, you're looking at the forbidden blue light, and if you're doing it in the evening, you know what they say about that. It's not good. And plus B, you're looking at perfect snapshots from other people's lives. Maybe wishing you had what they had, wishing you were where they were, and then you start stressing and comparing yourself to other people, and that's not a great idea either. 
And like I say all the time on here, put down the phone. Just put the phone down. Go outside. Play with your kids. Throw a football. Take a walk with the family. Get some exercise. Find a hobby. Go build something. Go do whatever. Those are all great things at reducing stress and focusing your mind and gets you off your phone. Dig your garden. We actually just put a garden in last weekend. I was busy as hell. I built a planter box and filled it up with dirt. We're putting a garden in. We're going to plant it this weekend. So those are all great things to do while leaving your phone in the house, while leaving your phone behind. I actually just watched another news spot this morning. I watch the news every day, if you didn't get that, but I watch the news every day. They were talking about kids and phones, and they were talking about how kids test with phones being around them. And kids actually tested better when the phone was completely gone out of sight than when they did with the phone just sitting out on their desk. Not touching it, just sitting there. So just the sight of that phone made these children test worse than when the phone is completely put away. And I think that kind of goes to us as adults as well. We have our phone just sitting there and you're trying to play Barbies with your kids or you're trying to, I don't know, play a board game and your phone is there and it's always this lingering thing that's around you. And that's probably even a a precursor to stress too. That's stressing you out because you want to pick it up. You want to check it. You want to see if you have a message. You want to scroll through some things. And then you're disengaged from whatever you're doing with your family. So that just goes to show phones are a addiction. I swear. Some people can't stay off them constantly. Just consuming, consuming, consuming. So I don't know. Just wait. I think in if it hasn't happened already, there's going to be a, a big thing about phone addiction. Maybe there is. I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah. Sorry. I keep driving that point home. Put the phone away. Please just put it away. And do those other things to reduce your stress. All right, moving on from the phone. Sorry, tangent. Tangent. They also talk about making a list, just like I've talked about making lists, talked about on here before. Make a list of actionable items, they say. Write them down. They say something called, they call it unproductive worry, as your wheels are spinning, but you aren't going anywhere. So make a list of things you can actually get done and be very concrete about them and then cross them off when you get them done. Also, they say if you're worried about money, you know, we talked about people being worried about money and budgets and stuff, then make a list. Make a list of your budgets. Track your finances. Track your grocery spending. Track all that stuff. Write it down. It will reduce your stress level. And I know I've talked about this probably as much as the stupid phone thing, but yes, make lists. Things you want to get done. Schedule your day a bit more. Wake up at 7, you know, watch the news till 7.30, do A from 7.30 to 9. Do something else from 9 to 10. You know, whatever. Just schedule it out and write it down and try to follow it. And then that will help you be more productive. And then you don't fall into that trap of doing nothing. And doing nothing ends up stressing me out anyways. So I imagine it stresses other people out as well. So, And something else to reduce stress would be taking care of yourself. we got to all take care of our bodies. Sleep is huge, right? A lot of us, including myself, don't get enough sleep. Just because you can operate and run your day off of six hours or so, it doesn't mean that that's ideal. It doesn't mean that's good for you or helping you. Also, get some exercise. I'm not talking about go to the gym five days a week and be a bodybuilder. I've talked about that stuff in the past, but that's not necessarily what I'm talking about right now. Just get some decent exercise. Even walking, like I mentioned, are great ways to 
get some exercise, and that will help you reduce stress. That's one of the reasons I go to the gym a lot. I tax my body and I work out and it really does de-stress me. It's, it helps. It does. And also look at your diet. And I'm not mentioning diet and exercise from a get your fat ass into shape perspective. It's coming from a do a little bit to reduce your stress perspective. Does that make sense? So yeah, if you're not eating a decent balance of foods, then I would think that that would have an effect on how you feel mentally. Remember, I'm no doctor here. Uh, I just uh, read stuff and I have opinions. So you can take them however you would like. Another thing I would say that would help reduce stress is talk to somebody. Now, it sounds pretty simple. No joke, though, talk to your spouse. And I know it can be kind of hard talking to your spouse about maybe your mental state or why you don't feel good that day or why you're grumpy. I've had these conversations with my wife. What's bothering you? Whatever, but it'll help. It'll it'll uh, it, it'll make you feel better, and it'll open up that communication that I'm gonna imagine that your wife would like to have with you, a little deeper. Or if you have a therapist, you know, talk to your therapist about it. Talk to them, talk to them about what's stressing you out. Hopefully, you already do talk to them about that if you have one. I actually have a friend that I want to have come in here and talk about that stuff later. So hopefully stay tuned for that. It should be a good one. He's a doctor, so I think we should get some good perspectives from that. I got to talk to him about it, though, first. But anyways, it always helps talking to someone about things that may be stressing you out. It's pretty simple. All right, now moving on to things for your memory, some things to kind of kind of keep your memory sharp. You can stave off that Alzheimer's, maybe. Do some brain games, you know, on your phone or whatever. And I know I just shit-talked the phone for five minutes. And it kind of sounds silly to do silly games on your phone, but they do help with memory and they may help with some stress too. Get on the little wordle kick, do a little crossword puzzle. I try to do one every night and it just kind of helps, you know, makes you think and makes you tax your brain and think about problems or puzzles or whatever. Also in the Today article, they talk about turning the GPS off in your car. And I never really thought about this or I never correlated it with memory, but they say try to use your memory to get where you want to go. Although that could induce more stress, honestly, because now you're freaking lost and you don't know where in the hell you're going, but could be worth a try. I try to do this. Like I said, I didn't realize it was for my memory. I just thought it was more fun. I used to travel a lot and I would just use an atlas instead of my GPS. I would look at a map and I would read mile markers and and look at little towns and stuff because I thought it was fun. So... That's cool. It kind of can help your brain, help your memory. Also get some sun. This is kind of a, I know it's not a new thing, but it's one that I've just kind of been learning about. Getting 10 to 15 minutes of good sunlight, especially in the morning, it releases serotonin in your brain, which is a hormone that's associated with boosting your mood and helping you being calm and focused. And getting it in that morning too, right away in the morning, I try to do it right when the sun's coming up, have my coffee outside. That helps your body regulate sleep, which I mentioned earlier. Sleeping helps with stress. It's all related. And lastly, remember, some degree of stress is good. Where would we be without stress, right? I think we all like and kind of need to be challenged to a certain degree. And no worries, no ambitions, no reason to get things done. You know, peace and love, man. Do nothing. Where does that lead? That leads to becoming bored and depressed. So 
a little bit of stress is good. And there are different types of stress too. Good stress and bad stress. Riding a roller coaster, maybe going on a first date, watching your kids perform in activity of some sort, that's all good stress, right? Being chased by a lion, a death in the family, a divorce, or a constantly stressful job, or bad home life, you guessed it, those are all bad things of stress. So, I don't know, I'm just saying, see where your stress levels are, identify your stress, and let's try to lower it and get better with dealing with it, as well as keep our minds sharp. So, I don't know, hopefully some good tips there for you, some good tips there for me too, I learned a couple things, so... Anyways, that's all I have for today's show, Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Let me know where you're at. Let me know what some of your stress triggers are for you. Are there a few things in your life that you could change that would reduce your stress? Maybe try them out and uh, let me know. Come back here and let me know. Also, if you have any questions or topics you would like me to talk about or do some research on, please just reach out to me on social media or on podbean.com. Both of those links are in the description, so click on them and ask away. And like always, I want to grow this channel. I want to grow this podcast, my listener base, my fans. Maybe that's a stretch to call you guys fans. But uh, anyways, tell your friends, tell your family. They can grab this podcast on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, as well as Spotify. And that's it. Everyone have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week.